Roscoe, how are you, mate? G'day, Ro. How are you, mate? I'm very well, thank you. I'm a little bit uh, hot and humid in the shed tonight. You're still maintaining the uh, the same recording spot, mate? Yeah, I am, but it's uh, it was 35 down here today. It was actually 34.6. So. Uh, perfect podcasting weather, I would have thought. Yeah, it is. It is. The sheds uh, need some renovations just to try and take a few degrees off it, though, I think, for summer. Well, I've, uh, I've actually set up uh, a nice little... Um, I've, I've called it Studio 2. Uh, I've given you the honour of Studio 1. So right. I've got Studio 2 set up here. Um, nice sort of uh, fairly relaxed sort of setup. have all my, um, all my equipment at my disposal ready to go and, and talk some uh, sport because there's plenty happening, Fix, around the place. Yeah, there is. It's been a busy week with obviously the spring carnival sort of coming to an end, and then uh, we've got doesn't trade, it, week, trade week. Doesn't it on. Sorry, sorry to interrupt, but doesn't it finish abruptly the spring? Yeah, carnival? it does. Yeah, they pack it all up and it's done. Like you have, um, you know, the obligatory uh, supermodels uh, posing with horses on the front of the paper uh, for for that sort of month period, and and almost as if I'm sure the Herald Sun would think, what do we do next? Yep. Like, who do, who do we get to, to pose on the front page of the paper now? Yeah, well, Warney got a bit of a run a couple of weeks ago, I so see. He might be the next Bachelor, so he got a little bit of a uh, couple of pages there for a little while. <laughs> yeah, he, he does like the limelight a little, young Warney. Now, Oscar, I was just wondering, just before we get started, uh, <clears throat> in the small town of Wangaratta, how has becoming a podcaster changed your life? Uh, look, it's got to be said, not a lot. Not a lot has changed. Um, I have been trying to pump it up a little bit uh, through various um, uh, social medias, um, but not necessarily changed my life. I'm not sure, Dan and the Big Smoker, whether it's impacted on your uh, lifestyle or not. But yeah, look, it's probably hasn't impacted a lot on me, mate. No, well, my. My basic aim from the week one show was just to uh, avoid defamation. That was on the list. And the <laughs> other one was not to have my undies stolen off the clothesline. And both those have uh, both those have come to fruition. So that's a good start. I just didn't know whether you'd be getting a uh, I don't know a free wheel alignment in at Thai Power in Wang or a half well, price haircut at Tony's Tangles or a, a buy yeah. one get one free sort of set up at the pub local pub. Are you talking about uh, A1 Tire Power just in Norton Street, uh, who obviously do supply some really good uh, tyres, and, and I'm sure they do a really good will. Is that what you're uh, talking oh, about? I thought, yeah, I thought you might have got a few, you know, 10% off the local cabs or well, some, whether it actually changed, in the, changed for the better. Oh, look, I'm sure they, those things will come, um, you know, provided we just product place at the right time. Um, and you know, if we if we're ever in need of anything, I'm sure that uh, you know we can strategically position some sort of plug somewhere. So you know, for all those listeners, um, you know, we're, we're willing to do whatever it takes, basically, to get some freebies. We can be bought. Now <laughs> you are handling the Twitter handle. I think it, I think I'm not a massive Twitter man, but uh, you're handling our Twitter, which the the uh, handle is the handle is Jib Bod Podcast Fix. So. Yep. Um, See a little bit limited um, with the uh, the space uh, given for your handle in Twitter. Um, although although your your Twitter um, whatever you want to write on Twitter now has exploded to two hundred and eighty characters. Yeah, right. Uh, that 
that hasn't actually um, happened us. with your title. Uh, no, 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 it's certainly not. No. You're, keeping it, uh, you're just going to work off the old succinct 120 characters. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, at the moment, I've, I've probably just gone for, um, you know, when there's good performances, I, I just say that I like the cut of their jib, basically, yep. Yep. Um, because that's what we're about. We're about finding out um, who's doing well out there. And, you know, we will find out whose jib we don't like too. Yeah. Uh, I'll get a few mentions. Well, but just on the, on the uh, social media, mate, so so you're handling um, Facebook. Yes. Um, which is, which is um, got, look, it's got airborne, really, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. We, um, for all our, all our listeners out there, we ask that you go to the Facebook page and, and interact and put in some questions. Um we got another you notice Roscoe during the week. We had a hat and key ring, which will be our yearly. Uh, we, we're running a pretty low budget operation, so that's how. Well, at this at this point, we are, mate. At this point, you know, well, things I'm, could. I'm, I'm actually sitting down in the shed at the moment. I've got a, a VB stubby with a couple of sips out of it. <laughs> I've got an iPhone, which we're hooked up to, obviously. Yep. Yep. And I've got paper with a couple of notes scribbled on. Yep. And I actually haven't even got lines on the paper. That's that's where we're at financially at the moment, but hopefully that'll change in the next uh, well, couple of weeks. I do have some connections in the stationary, uh, you know, sort of uh, area, yep. so I can help you out with lines on paper, mate. If that's what's going to well, I didn't want to blow the budget in the first couple of weeks. Of production, <laughs> that's all. Yeah, no, fair cool. And we want to get the episode two, so we don't want to blow money at all. No, no, but thank you for everyone that's. Uh been involved with both our Twitter and Facebook. We appreciate it. We appreciate some of the questions that have come in. Yeah, um, and they'll all get they'll all get answered in due course, won't they? Yeah, they will. Yeah, we've uh, we've got we've actually got our first listener um, uh, question, which we'll get to later in the show. Yep, uh, our inaugural one. So terrific, terrific. Um, and they'll just keep coming, and we'll you know we're, we're prepared to answer pretty much whatever comes across the desk within reason. Yeah, no, no question too difficult for uh, us podcasters. Yeah, and we also uh, we didn't mention in our, in our what, which was basically our five minutes. Um, initially, we were supposed to be a five minute intro that went for a bit over twenty minutes. But I'm obviously a, a mad Melbourne supporter, and yep. uh, and you're obviously a mad Footscray supporter. So yeah, up until uh, a couple of years ago, we were both pretty much in the same boat. But you, your sides managed to uh, to be a little bit more successful and get the ultimate so i was still yeah, I, aiming for that in the next couple of years i did not only did the uh the western bulldogs players um you know have that hangover uh this year you know which which was indi- indicative of their performances but as a supporter i you know obviously you like your team to win but i didn't really care yeah uh, because i was still reveling in the in the premiership victory from 2016 so um it's a two yeah. two to three year smile after a yep. flag, oh, I've obviously yep. never experienced it, but I presume you yeah, do have a yeah. definite buzz the next year and it sort of lingers on and um, I know you'd obviously enjoy it for, for a fair while once you've got oh, one under your belt. Mate, I'm still watching the replay and, and happily so, you know, and that could carry on, you know, for the next 12 months. I'm not going to make any apologies for that. Yep. Um, you know, and I'll flick on, I'll have some random YouTube highlights that I'll just go to, um, you know, to relive Tom Boyd's goal and, and pick those you know, three or four goals and mark and all those sort of things. So, yeah, um, yeah but, you know, as as for our teams, um, you know, we will we will make no apologies for uh, for being one-eyed, will yeah. we? There's no, no uh, you know, that that's what listeners can expect, you know, full-on Melbourne and Western Bulldogs. 
and also giving him a tune up. I'm uh, I'm not uh, too scared to give him a bit of a tune up if they need a tune up as well. <laughs> Which hopefully we don't have to do as much. The last five years I've got bloody good at it. Just a little bit of a clip here or there. Yeah, yeah, we have. But uh, yeah. So I guess uh, while we're on the subject of footy, Roscoe, we we didn't cover trade trade week last week. Yep. Uh, winners and losers. Who who were your big winners from the uh, trade week? Well, look, I I quite liked. Um, obviously, you know, you have your your Essendon's, um, who who were a publicised one, but I quite liked what Carlton did. Yeah. Um, I know we we have a, a loyal band of Carlton supporters out there, but. Um, you know, I think they've added uh, Matthew Loeb in the ruck department to help Cruiser out, which is only going to help, given that Cruiser, you know, is susceptible to injury a little bit sometimes. So that's going to help him a bit. Um, Lang, uh, you know, could go either way on him. I think he can play. I think he had a reasonable year this year. So he's a handy pickup. But um, Matthew Kennedy from GWS is going to be a star. Yeah. There's no, you know, he's he's an outright star. So I think they've done really well there, Carlton, and they probably needed to bulk up their midfield a little bit. I think he'll be a midfielder eventually, but um, you know, they certainly needed to give you know some support to Murphy and Cripps just to uh, you know to take a bit of the crash and bash. But I had uh, them as one of my winners in terms of the picks. The the yep. whole Bryce Gibbs deal, like Sauce basically did it in a Superman suit. Yeah. <laughs> Like the the deal that he did, he well it wasn't even He basically walked in there with a balaclava, <laughs> handed over the paperwork to Adelaide, and they signed on the dotted line. Yeah. They basically, so they got pick 10, 16, 73, and a future second round, and yep. then all they lost was Bryce Gibbs. Yep. Who who how, how old's Bryce Gibbs now? I think he's about twenty nine. Yeah. Yep. So he's still got uh, some good footy left in him, but gee whiz, his, current, his currency would drop. You know. 25, yeah. 30% next, this time next year. And they're going to pull the trigger. I thought they should have done it last year, but they got probably a better deal this year. Yep, for um, sure. And and lost pick 71 in a future and second, third round. So I thought, yeah. I thought that was a massive win. It'd be interesting to, to ask them that, you know, same question. You know, they obviously, um, you know, were disappointed um, with how it all sort of panned out last year as far as Gibbs wanting to go. And they kept him. But, geez, they'd be, as you said, they'd be elated. That yeah. they, you know, they've got rid of him. Well, that's probably a bit hard to get rid of him, but um, you know how it's panned out. It's been bloody fa- fantastic for him. Yeah, I would imagine Sos obviously told the club, "This is what I'm going to ask for," and they sniggered and laughed and watched Sos, Sos wander off to the room and <laughs> come back and uh, come back like the cat who got the cream. That's been done. <laughs> they that did was, it. It was a bizarre deal. It was a bizarre deal. What What about? Um, what about your team, Fix? Well, they, they weren't massive, oh, obviously, the big lever one. Um, well, when I say not massive, they, they did have some pretty big deals when you actually look at it. Um, yeah, the, but... the lever one, when you actually break it down, uh, I think it was a good trade. It, it is, on paper, it looks slightly overs. Mm. If you go through Melbourne's results um, during the year, every key forward that played against us, we played him into form. Yep. Well, I think Ben Brown kicked a couple of bags of five. Rewalt kicked four or so on one leg. Tom Hawkins, who didn't really have that good a year, kicked five against us. Uh, I think Tex might have kicked four or five against us. Basically, every tall key forward uh, filled their boots when they played Melbourne. Yeah. And Lever's not going to stop that 
by himself, but he is a he's a good third up and comes over the top and yeah. give good support and and just yeah. having him around. I reckon he's a two hundred and fifty gamer. Yeah, uh, you know he's going to be all Australian. He was on the fringes of all Australian this year as a twenty one year old. Yeah, I know Melbourne was super keen on him in his draft draft year. Um, yeah. They obviously took Brayshaw and Petrarca, who both look like they're going to be pretty solid as well, and now got Lever as well. So basically, they're the three major picks that they wanted. They've all got at the club now. Yeah, and the way the the modern game is, you need that intercept marker, don't you? Like as a you know your your, um, your Rance type player. I think that's yep. that that's the prototype as as a key back. Yep, you need that young. guy. And and you know, as you said, he's he's not going to play on the the Bulls. That are that are just splitting packs and all those sort of things. They'll palm palm those blokes off to someone else, like one of the McDonalds or someone like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, the thing the thing I like about it uh, is you get a twenty one year old. He's played his fifty plus games. You know what you're going to get. Yeah. You know his strengths. Uh, you go to the draft for that first round of this year or next year. Yep. You get an eighteen year old kid. You're not sure where they go, uh, what they're going to develop into. Um, so I thought it was not too bad. They got Ballack for basically a steal. He was a uh, an early round pick a couple of years ago that uh, yeah. drifted, went to Frio. Uh, appears to have some off field issues. I'm not sure whether they've been rectified. Yeah, it's basically a, it's a pretty good lottery ticket at pick sixty odd, whatever whatever they gave for him. Cost him, cost him nothing really, has it? Yeah, and it gives him an opportunity. He's back close to the family and yeah. um, see how he goes. I I, I sort of followed the. Uh, where the media went a little bit, I thought Essendon did do well. I thought they stuck yep. to their guns. Yeah. Um, Devin Smith, they got pretty much for around the right price, I thought. I really rate Devin Smith. I'm a <laughs> super player. Yeah, well, when he's been fit, he's been he's oh. been very handy for him. He just, yeah. There is obviously a bit of a slight doubt with his knees, but at that age, you know, you'd think that's that's all behind him now. Yep. Uh, I thought. Well, your thoughts are on Adam Sard. I thought they paid slightly overs for him, uh, future second round. It's funny in trade week um, how some blokes can get uh, their, their their rating can lift Good when quick. yeah yeah <laughs> um, you know and and you know that term destination club and you know all those all those real um, you know catch cries um, you know I'm not sure that you know, there's that hype about it but. You know, not I haven't seen enough of Sard to really give an opinion. Like I know, Gold he's, Coast don't get a lot of broadcast games on free to air. I don't really take a lot of notice of him. He obviously, you know, what his claim to fame is running bounces, but yeah, uh, you know, I mean, if Essendon are playing well, he's going to be handy for him. Yeah, he suits that style. Yeah, and obviously um, Stringer, which they it was just a matter of who was going to blink first, and yeah, to get him for pick twenty five. Thirty, uh, you know, you presume that they've done a lot of due diligence. That yeah. probably hasn't been Essendon's strength over the last well, <laughs> a couple of years. I've probably learnt their lesson on doing background checks on blokes they get into their club. Yeah, if he gets his <laughs> off-field stuff together, uh, his on-field stuff's pretty good, and that's yeah. like if you can get an all-Australian twenty-three-year-old into your club, and you can get him. Where he needs to be mentally, off field, get him straightened out. He's he's going to be a very very good player. He's a cream on the cake man stringer, isn't he? Like he's yep. not he's never going to be a twenty five possession plus man. He's going to be, you know, that fifteen to twenty range. Um, and if he kicks three or four goals for you, 
and you've got some other targets. Yeah. Um, you know, that that's all they want out of him, I'd assume. But, um, you know, the, the big, obviously, the big query is uh, what's his commitment like? You know, you, you can only go on what you read in the paper, but. Yeah. Um, gee, Which is, we... is very the mail down here is summers that he's turned the corner and there's still a fair bit of mail around that he mightn't have. So, yeah. You know, for his sake and for Essendon's sake, um, that he, you just want to see him play his best footy and get his life yeah. together, I suppose. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, uh, Jack Watts out. Yep. These uh, so gone to Port Adelaide. Port Adelaide sort of loaded up with some, um, you know, some proven players, which would be interesting. You know, they obviously think they're they're uh, on the cusp, I suppose, of a bit of success. But um, what were your thoughts on Jack Watts getting him oh, out, out of the D's? I wasn't queuing up to ring SEN like thirty thousand of our members. I wasn't overly disappointed. I, I thought he's, he's didn't he become good. a didn't he become a really good bloke in trade work? Yeah, yeah it's <laughs> funny. Like as you mentioned before, it's generally when someone comes to your club, they all of a sudden become a gun. <laughs> and when you offload someone, oh no, they're a shit bag. They're no good. Yeah, we didn't want him anyway. But as soon as you get someone to your club, Porter be going, oh, yeah, we've got bloody Jack Watts. He's a good user, and he's this. His strengths are extremely good. Yeah, and he's. His weaknesses haven't improved. No. And he's had a long time. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's been at the footy club a long time and, you know, he just reached a stage where you pull the trigger and you've got certain blokes like our, I think our list with the contested ball players and the ferocity of some of the young ones coming through, you know, Oliver's and Jack Viney's and uh, Neil Bullen and, and these blokes, they just, there's no questions asked. Every mm-hmm. time they go for the footy, they're going flat out and, um, for what he does bring, that's not probably a strength that he's got. He's mm. using and as a Melbourne sport, every time he has a shot from inside fifty, you just mark it in the book. Yeah, he's a beautiful kick, and he's but a beautiful he, kick for goal. He does pick and choose, though, doesn't he? When yeah. he? You know, if the situation's not right for him, yeah. Um, if there's got to be a little bit of extra effort and second, third, fourth efforts, well, yeah. maybe not. You know, some of the yeah. highlights you've seen, you know, over the over the past few years. Haven't been all that complimentary towards him, and and that's no. the that's the fact of the matter in AFL footy. Yeah. They, they will, you know, yeah. incidents yeah, like that, and and that's like it or not, that's that's the way it goes. Yeah, um, yeah, I wasn't overly disappointed to be honest. I I gathered that from a couple of conversations that I had had with you. So yeah, uh, yeah you're obviously uh, that's that's water on the bridge. Yeah. Um, in terms of my team, um, I was very happy, yeah. very very happy. Um, Trengo from Port Adelaide really wrapped to uh, to get him in. He's yeah, he fits that um, bloke who can play in multitude of positions, which is good. Um, yeah. We'll give Roughhead a bit of a chop out in the ruck. Could play key back. Could swing him forward every now and then. Yeah, he's uh, always got a spot in your twenty-two somewhere. Just a matter yeah. of where he plays. Yeah, he'll be he'll be in the best side. Um, Crozier, I'll be honest, I don't know a hell of a lot about him, but again, he's probably a player who who was elite come trade week, so he can obviously play a little bit. And um, Josh Shackey, um, pretty happy to get uh, him from Brisbane, um, you know, into a side that you know hopefully you know we can mould him and and um, you know he can become the star that that I think he can be. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about him because as Good as Jack Watts become over trade week and Adam Saad, uh, he went the other way. Yeah. He basically, like, they were 
happy to take a can of Coke and a pack of Twisties to get rid of him. And you obviously had some dealings with him at the Murray Bush Rangers. Everything I've read and seen leading up to basically the one week of trade week suggested that he could be a player. Yeah. Uh, it's funny, you know, he's an outstanding kid, like an absolute ripper of a kid. Um, got a hell of a lot of talent for a 199-centimetre um, player. You know, and I, I sort of base it on what I saw, you know, the ages of 17 and 18. Like, below yeah. his knees, he's elite. He's the best set shot for goal I've ever seen. Um, yeah. You know, he's an absolutely outstanding kick for goal. Um, he's got a pretty good tank for a big fella. He's going to be a good player. Yeah. I, I think it's absolute bloody hysteria that yeah. just followed him around. Like, the kid's, the kid's 20. Yeah. Um, you know, give him a chop out. Bloody hell. Like, you look at... Um, how long it takes some of the other kids to come good, you know, Hawkins and all these sort of blokes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I just, I think, and that's, look, again, that's the bloody world we live in, you know, in terms of the, the saturation of AFL, but um, he'll he'll be a real good player, Josh Shackey. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Oh, that's good. What about your uh, losers? Uh, losers? Loser? Yeah, look, um I'd probably think Fremantle weren't overly wrapped to lose Lockie Weller. I think that'll probably hurt them a little bit. But yeah. they did work their way up uh, in the draft, so they'd be pretty happy to get um, to get a bit of a shot. Uh, it's a top 10 picks. Um, you'd probably look at... Uh, look, there was a lot of clubs who didn't do a hell of a lot too, Fix. Like, yeah, uh, North Melbourne and Collingwood and a few clubs like that. Mine, mine yeah. was St Kilda. Yeah, I just thought um, they had pick seven and eight. Obviously, they had that Hawthorne pick. They had two pretty good picks coupled together. No Rui, no Joey. Lots of salary cap space. I think if you shook the tree hard enough, I think they could have found someone. Yeah. Um, and I look at them pretty comparing reasonably closely to Melbourne. They've always had that Rewalt Montagna and a couple of real good experience being around the bush type senior players that we haven't had. We've got a, a fair bit younger, but the similar direction and trajectory and yeah. I just sort of the chance for them just to just to shake a big name like a Sloan or just go hard. They had money, they had the picks, um, and be real aggressive and and just sort of stand for something. But I I thought it was a bit of an opportunity missed from them. Well is it a point it's a next year perhaps when, when Sloan does come out of contract, do they Getting the war chest built up and and really going to unload on a uncontracted player or something like that, but um, yeah, they were relatively quiet for a side that is is knocking on the door of the eight. So yeah. it was an interesting one. Uh, but and it's, yeah, and then that's interesting to see our club. Some clubs rate trade week obviously a little bit different, and obviously some clubs rate the draft different to others too. So yeah, um, yeah, they might have a couple there. They think you're going to. You know, you'd think at least one of those two picks is going to be a ready-made walk-in for round one type operator. Yeah, they need some certainly need some pace, the Saints, um, yep. middle. So they might have their eye on one of the gun mids. I think it's a reasonable draft for mids coming up. So, um, you know, that which is next week. So we'll be able to do a bit of a, a preview of the draft uh, in next week's episode. Yeah, they have um, trade weeks Friday the 24th and they're having that at the Sydney Showgrounds. Yep. Now, here's another one. The, the rookie draft will be on Monday, the 27th of November. Yeah. Question without notice. 
could we do a push and get the rookie draft based out of the shed at Preston? Uh, well, I've done some work out the back today. Uh, I had a look. Uh, I've got an outside bar fridge. We've got an esky. We can cater, cater that. My wife's Greek. Very good cook. <laughs> daughter has a big chalkboard. We don't need the PowerPoint projection. And just really roll it back. It's a more relaxed atmosphere. The rookie draft, you know, people have missed out. Maybe liven it up a little bit. Yeah. yeah, come around and just sit in the back. I've got God access yeah. to some trestle tables and mother-in-law's got a heap of fold-out chairs. Yep. Um, and, I'm thinking and aimed to host maybe, by 2020. Uh, yeah, and maybe an after-draft, after-rookie draft, you know, after-party. Yeah, let's like, head you know, a little let's, bit. Let's crank this up. Um, yep. You know, you could imagine Dodoro and, and some of the other list managers just really hooking in. and Yeah. Um, yeah, look, I, I I think we can. I'm not sure of the time frame whether we've got enough time to do that, but 2020, um, we yep. uh, host it by 2020. Yep, and start so, to put some stuff in place. That's and a live episode of I like to cut a jib if we're still going in 2020. From there, <laughs> from the actual rookie draft, we're not going to set it too high, but that's that's. <laughs> I just think there's a possibility we could, you know, that's something we could pull off. That's what we want, but. Obviously, the big talking point this week is the first test. Leading yeah. into selection on Friday. Goodness me. Now, now I'm just going to, I'm just, I'm not going to interrupt. I'm just going to let you go here because I know you've got <laughs> some strong opinions on it. And I want to just hear you just mark your run up out. Yeah. Um, right back at the side screen and just oh, yeah. really give it all, mate. Yeah, I nearly need a gate to actually start the run up from and then transgress <laughs> onto the ground because it's a long run. <laughs> I don't usually get a, an opportunity to just get all this off uh, my chest at one time, but I think I'll, there's a couple of points, and feel free to step in as I make them and just let me know whether I've totally missed the mark, Roscoe. Yep. The first one, uh, at these numbskulls at Cricket Australia, what is our main issue at the moment in the, in the cricket side? Well, we are, bowling? we are prone to a batting collapse, aren't we? Right. So... Why would the first shield match that we have be using pink balls and played under lights? Yeah. Why, why would they think that that's a good idea? I understand yeah. if the first test was a pink ball day-night test, then, yep, yeah. go ahead, let's have some practice at it. Yeah. We're struggling to find batsmen to get batsmen into form leading into the first test, and yep. then we go and pull some of that. Like, I just don't understand why that's been done. Yeah, that, it probably doesn't fill them with a lot of confidence, does it, if you want no. some runs? No, so that that was a fair, that was only just a little thing that I was a little drive by. Yep. The selectors was another issue I had. Yeah. Greg Chapel missed the Victorian. Greg, name them, name them all for the Greg, Greg, run out there. Gregory Chapel. Yep. He's done a bit for Australian cricket. I don't want to lace too much into him, but he missed the Victorian Queensland Shield match. Yep. This was on the back of the selectors saying, you know, you, your form at Shield level will be um, closely scrutinised. You know, people that make runs or take wickets will be under under the microscope for round one. Oh, yeah. sorry, the first test. Yeah. Greg Chapel missed that. Mark where was Chapelli? Have we got any confirmation of where Chapelli was? I think he had a charity event, but it was a golf charity event. Yeah. They're the best kind to go to. <laughs> so I don't know whether that was a four-day charity event, but he, he missed the Victorian Queensland. Mark yeah. Waugh missed the New South Wales-Western Australia game. Wait for it. He was going to watch the live stream. <laughs> have you seen? Have you actually spent any time this summer watching that live stream? It buffers all the time, doesn't it? It's like oh, it's just, just one big buffering thing. 
that's basically done by the same peanuts that, that do the uh, goal review. Around just like four people, even an iPhone, when the ball gets close to the goal line, just yeah. take a video and we'll just pick the best. Like, and then you hear someone in the background go, make it good because Junior's watching this. <laughs> yeah, well, basically the, the Shield one, you get 12 people there. You walk through the gate. Have you got an iPhone X? Yes. Sit behind the bowler's arm and just start recording. We'll give you food all day if you don't move. Yeah. And it's, it's the old ABC 1970s. It's, it's not even from both ends, Roscoe. Oh, dear. It's shot on a dodgy little so, bloody so iPhone. Junior, Junior was watching it off that vision, basically. Yeah. Yep. He'd be glued yeah. to it. Wouldn't he be oh, glued to good. it sitting alone? That's good. It's good to know they're putting in, really putting in some groundwork. That's how fair income they are about the. And then the actual selection itself was like the leaving out of Ed Cowan, who's made the most runs at Shield level in the last three or four years of anyone. Yep. Absolutely baffles me. Um, now, to... Sorry to interrupt, yeah. mate, but um, Ed Cowan, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Ed Cowan's 35? Yes. 35, right. So there's a guy who's been mentioned, um, you know, by quite a few in by quite a few outlets, uh, has been, you know, shortlisted basically for a spot in this side. Sean Marsh. Yep. Um, he's 34. Sean Marsh. Yep. He's, he's got youth on his side. Yeah, he's had more chances in the Australian side than. She's. I can't think of an analogy. Just. Off, it wouldn't off be far off double figures. Yeah. I reckon. It's an interesting take, isn't it? Well, my question is, what happens if Dave Warner breaks his thumb yeah. in the first test? Yep. So, in terms of backup, they've got obviously talking about Renshaw today. There's a bit out of form. Yeah. New South Wales put Nick Madison, who was a middle order, batted at number six for Australia, average four. Uh, shuffled him with Dan Hughes, who's good mates with Steve Smith, obviously, and he's trying yep. to shoe on him into that New South Wales number six spot. Yep. So Dan Hughes has gone down the middle order. Did you see Madison's uh, first innings of the summer? I'm I'm actually still getting over his couple of innings from uh, last summer, so uh, I, I, I choose not to watch. Nah. Uh, Worrell from South Australia bowled him a ball. He shoulders arms, knocks <laughs> knocks over middle peg. <laughs> not clipped the top of off, hit the middle uh, stump, shoulder Nick, arms. Nick, you've got a bat, mate. You've got a bat. Just use it, champ. Just uh, use it. It's... That sort of behaviour, I'll put it up there with man caddy. <laughs> and I'd, I'd go one step further. I, I, I don't know whether you'll agree with me. You shoulder arms and get your bloody middle stump knocked over, yep. you're done for the summer. Oh, mate. You've no got more no, cricket for you No one the to whole blind. summer. You're probably using a, an 800 to to $1,000 stick. Yep. Um, maybe just try and you know move it towards where you think the ball's going to go. Yeah, you shouldn't uh, be allowed to play all summer. And second offence, banned for life. <laughs> if you get done twice shouldering yeah. arms, you should never ever be able to. Play. I'm talking backyard cricket, beach cricket, river cricket, stick cricket, any oh. type of cricket. You're I'm done glad. for your whole career. I'm glad that wasn't him because Matthew Hayden did that quite a few times, and he went on yeah. to a reasonable T- point. Tubby Taylor went. Well, sometimes <laughs> you need to send a message, <laughs> especially you understand like a lower order batsman that's just playing on a bloody subcontinent facing yeah. Wazzy Macron that's you know pitching a two feet outside off and swung in and knocked him over. But shouldering yeah. arms at one, that's pretty straight one that's hit middle. Yeah. Uh, at international, or an international player that yeah. averages four, but he's still an international player. <laughs> I just don't understand how that works, Ross. Yeah, no, I, I, I can't excuse it. 
and 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 you know I'm I'm a left hander and a proud left hand bat um, or former left hand bat, and um, I will stick up for left handers till the cows come home. But I can't excuse that at no. all. No, there's no need for it. No. no. What about your first test side? How did you How did you look? Well, how did you go open or wise? Well. I've gone for Warner's there, obviously, which I'm yep. sure he'd be in your team. Um, it's it's similar to the hysteria around um, Josh Shackey, you know, in, in terms of where he's at in his career. Matthew Renshaw has to play. Yeah, I've got him on my side as well. Um, you know, I, I think he's a victim of a lack of confidence, you know, that's been shown publicly in him. By the media. You know, God knows what they're saying behind. You know, to him face to face, they're probably not filling him with, with all the confidence. Give the kid an extended run. He saved their ass a bit last summer. Bloody hell! I think, I know people mention about the speed that he bats. I think it's a perfect opener role where you, sometimes you just need to get in and take some heat, and knock them around, and um, I think that's and that's why I was an Ed Cowan fan. So I think yeah. he played that role perfectly. Like absolutely, you, know, you got Warner at the other end. There's no need to have someone go, doing exactly the same thing up the other end. No, you just need a guy who, who values his wicket, which has been one of the problems in Australian cricket for the last three or four years. Um, yep. someone who's got a bit of pride in in their wicket. Yep. Um, and you know, look, we, we're. We're taping this on a Wednesday evening, uh, Tuesday evening. Sorry, uh, he was dismissed for one today. Yeah, I got that. So. Uh, down leg side, so you know, not not a convincing dismissal. You know, in terms of uh, the bowler getting on top of him, obviously not great that he only made one. But gee, well, you got to pick him. Yeah, got to. Yeah. At three, um, I've got Uzi Kawaja. Yep. Batting at three for me. I'm not in three. not in bad form at the minute. Yeah, and had a reasonable start to the summer. He he's pretty sure he won't be using his passport in the next ten years of his international career. By the looks of it, <laughs> he's he's not going to leave our shores with these Australian tracking I'm not, on. I'm not sure if what our subcontinental tours are coming up, but fair to say, Ilsman won't be on them. Nah, he'll have plenty of free time. No. But having said that, he's I like I've, he's won me over. I wasn't a massive fan to start with, but. Um, I do, I do like the way he bats. Yeah, he's magnificent to watch. Smith, obviously at four. Yep. Yeah, yep. I'd. Yeah, just one thing I'll bring up, and we sort of went last last week regarding statistical data that we're not massive fans of it. Yeah, yeah. and, and that'll continue. And when we try it, we will be inaccurate. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna start it with a gut feel. I don't know how many times he declares overnight, and I just don't get it. Yep. I just don't understand. If he does it this summer, I'm going to be absolutely dirty with him. I just think there's been times where, you know, obviously the, the opposition openers go to bed. And if you go to bed not knowing whether you're going to be out there for half an hour or two overs, you might just go out there for two overs and then declare, set them in, you get your bowlers totally warmed up. It gives them a chance in the morning. They know when we're going to declare. The batsmen, opposition openers still don't know. Yeah. I just don't understand the, what difference it makes like why you would want to declare overnight? Just create a little bit of doubt yeah. in your mind. So that's why well, you've, you've got the power. You surely, as a captain, you want to make the opposition as most you know get them at their most vulnerable and underprepared as you can. And declaring overnight, which I reckon he's done at least three or four times, it makes no sense to me at all. Yeah, it's interesting because they, you know, um, I, I read Brad Haddon during the week said tactically 
he's pretty sound, Smith. So it's interesting that he does those sort of things, isn't it? Yeah, I, I don't know why he does that, but anyway, he's a lock at four. Yeah, Hanscom, I think, is another lock at five. I had him at five. Yeah, yeah he picks himself. Yep, he's yeah, he's he's a little bit out of form at the moment, but he's he's at test level. He's more than proved himself. Yep. This is the interesting one. Well, this, this, this next position today. has just changed. <laughs> yeah, mine's changed today. In the last two hours, two or three oh, hours. Yes, it has. Who have you got at six? Uh, well, um, coming in to make his test debut uh, on the back of 228 and on air, there's Cameron Bancroft. Oh, you fair dinkum. You've got yep. him at six as well. I've got him at six. Right, that just proves yep. that we don't do any pre-show. I had him there as well. Yep. And I'll tell you why I had him there. I had him there, and I had him not keeping. You got him not keeping. Not keeping. Yeah, not I've got him keeping. not keeping. I want to, I want him to play three, maybe three tests, and give my keeper, who I'll, I'll let it out now, I'd wait as a keeper. Let him really, have, yeah. Let him have oh. three. Let him have three tests. Yep. And let Bancroft establish himself without the stress of the gloves. Right, eh? So and you, yeah. you see him becoming keeper, do you, for his country? I, I think at the moment, I think yeah, he right. does. I think. The, the reason I picked Wade, did you have Neville as a keeper, did you? Wade and Neville is the best, yep. uh, best clubman in the country. Yep. Yeah, well, I had Wade. And the reason I had Wade, uh, it just appears that half or roughly half his tests, they send him overseas on the subcontinent. Yeah. They made him go over there again. They left Neville at home. Yeah. I want to see Wade have three tests in Australian conditions where basically you or I could keep behind the stumps. They're pretty, all pretty good tracks in Australia. Give him a chance to bat on in Australian conditions. Like subcontinent, everyone, you know, heaps of people go over there and fail. So you draw a line a bit through his batting. Yeah. He's, he's made two test hundreds. Neville still hasn't made one. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not liking the cut of Matthew Wade's jib at the minute, Fix. Yeah. Um, the, he played a putrid, putrid shot to get out to Peter Siddle uh, yesterday, being Monday in the... Shield game at the MCG, an absolutely atrocious out for one in yep. a game where he's trying to, you know, um, in you know, sort of uh, lock in his spot in the Australian side for the first test, and it was an absolutely horrendous shot on the back of a few poor innings. But keeping wise, um, there's been minor improvements in his keeping, but generally he's just iron gloves. Yeah, uh, oh, I just don't think in a in a in a series where we've got a really good bowling attack who's going to create a lot of chances, particularly beyond the stumps. Uh, we need someone who's as safe as houses, and I'm not sure if if I was at the top of my mark, I don't know if I'd have the confidence in him. Yeah, I I'm, I'm the opposite. I go I go the opposite. I'd prefer a bloke that's not quite the best keeper, but can can actually be a good batsman. I know yeah. a lot of the other people, and I've heard in the media all week, you pick your best keeper. You're obviously with that opinion. Yep. I just think you got, Neville's, yeah. there's a big song and dance about Neville. The bloke average is 22. Like Mitch yeah. Stark, Mitch Stark, uh, gut feel again. Mitch Stark would average more than him. Yeah, probably He's does. A probably does. Neville, yeah. I, I, I think Neville's a bit harsh, harshly done by and probably was stiff to get dropped when he did. You know, he was dropped. You know, essentially because Wade was a more feisty customer out in the ground, which is, you know, that's that's fine, and you you wanted to have a go at the South Africans when they're out here, but, um, you know, I think technically, batting wise, Peter Neville's pretty good. 
Um, if you if your top six can't get you enough runs, if they can't make you four hundred in a test, well, yeah. you know, you can't be relying on the number seven. I, re- I think in terms of the batting, I reckon uh, we're trying to find another Adam Gilchrist. Let's just get a bloke who can bat well with the tail, contribute a few runs, is technically pretty sound. Um, you know, I think, and that, that's probably not doing Matthew Wade any favours, trying to be the next Gilchrist, perhaps. I don't nah. know. Uh, Long term, I see at the moment, or my, my theory would be that Bancroft, Bancroft would start at six. Yeah. And then obviously, if Wade slash Neville doesn't perform, he can go down to seven and we get Maxwell into six, yeah. I think. Yeah, well, Maxwell's, Maxwell was in my... I don't know whether he was in your side. He was. I've actually got a yeah. cross through his name. Yeah, he was in my side. I've, I've put an asterisk next to him. and So he's probably stiff. He hasn't been in terrible form, but... Um, yeah. Is it just a... It's a basically... He, well, I see during the week, Jake Lehman with his 100 and his 90, and all of a sudden he's a bolter for number six. Yeah. This, I actually did do research. His last six Shield games, 10, 6, 14, 1, 25, and 6... Yeah, right. And he's he's got, he's getting some heat to to go into the number six position. Or yeah. I know it's we go back to our day. You get your hussies and and blokes like that that had to make nearly bloody ten thousand first class runs before they even got a look in. Yeah, have your dad and as like a coach, Darren Lehman. Have your dad as a coach. That'll get you. That'll yeah, get that, you helps. <laughs> that definitely helps. But, uh, I just you got you, they're mentioning blokes that are floating around in the in the shield that average. 34, 35, 36, and yeah. it's like, hang on a sec. Like, Cartwright, I reckon, is pretty stiff because he, yeah. he has done a body of work that he's, he should probably be at the top of that queue. Has he, though? Has he? Yeah, he had test aver- uh, first-class average in the 50. Yeah, okay. Around the 50, yeah. which there's not many first-class cricketers averaging 50 yeah. at all. Yeah. Um, um, I'm not sold on Cartwright. I don't know. He, he's... In terms of an all-rounder, I think he's got to be a bit, do a bit more with the ball, I would have thought. Oh, I think if you pick one for the other, if you're trying to get half-decent at both, you lose. Like you, you pick someone that's a bowling all-rounder and they fail, you're one bowler short. You pick a batting one, you know, and they, they don't fire. You're one batsman short, you're batting with five. And yeah. I just think if, you, if you're picking a genuine all-rounder, which would be the number six position... Yep. they should be good enough to get picked in the side for their batting or for their bowling. For their bowling, yeah. Yeah, I don't think he can sort of have a batting all-rounder or a bowling all-rounder. If you're looking for a, a genuine all-rounder, yep. you need someone that can be in there as, as a bowler or as a batsman and then you're not losing much. Well, and again, it goes back to that. You know, if your top six can't make 400, 450 in the test, well, let's shuffle them around as opposed to, you know, working our way through the other ones. Yeah. But we, you know, in terms of the the bowling attack, I don't think ours will differ too much. Fix it'll be New South Wales Dark, Dark Cummins, Hazelwood, yep. Line. Yep. Um, yeah, they Yeah, they're going to create a lot of chances. Uh, the Poms probably don't, you know, on, on what they've displayed so far, don't look to be in scintillating form at this point. But I think they like that. I think yeah. I, I've got a feeling they like coming in. You know, the worst side to leave the shores and. Yeah, slipping under the radar, they won't be feeling any heat. I, I think the series will be a lot closer than what people think it will be. Well, you know, if if Broad and Anderson can swing the ball, that's going to be interesting. But well, they're too world class. Yeah, whether they've got enough um, backup 
you know, in terms of bowling behind them. I know, well, what's the name? Finn's already gone home, hasn't he? So That's probably a good thing. Yeah. I don't think that's... Probably increase their chances. chances. <laughs> I don't think it's going to harm their chances anyway. Uh, so, yeah, but... um. Now it'll be interesting to see how the, the first test pans out, that's for sure. Yeah, it will be. And you know the one thing that you do love when test cricket comes around, I don't know what your wife's like, but, you know, you're sitting there watching and you get the token, they want to feel part of it. Yep. Who's winning? Who's winning, yeah. Yep. And, and and right then is the time to just walk out of the room. <laughs> well, we made 400. Yeah. They're four for 100. So, yeah, we're, we're probably... At the know, moment... At the moment. Yeah, at the moment. Well, what do you mean? Are you in front or not? No. no Come and see me in four more days. <laughs> now, I, uh, I'm i looking forward to the... Unless you've got anything else you want to discuss. No, as no. A, as an avid Facebook... Uh, I do get caught on Facebook a little bit having a look at stuff. Yep. And you used to have a... Uh, I suppose a segment or a column that you used to do every Friday, Roscoe's Five. I did. I used to run a, a bit of a top five of a Friday um, back in the day when I, when I had a little bit of time on my hands. Um, I, I love a countdown. I love, you know, a, a bit of a someone's opinion of, of who thinks what. Um, so given that we've got this forum now, I thought it'd be a good opportunity to reintroduce it. Yeah. Do you want, do you want this for... It's a couple of wax on a Taubman sunproof exterior paint that I've got in the shed. I know you mentioned that you wanted some kind of yeah, intro. Some sort of intro musical, that's, isn't it? That's, that's the, best, the best I could do for the, this the, week anyway. Victor on percussion. Yeah. Um, so given that we've got the cricket theme, I thought I'd start off uh, the, the top fives with my top five favourite left-hand batsmen um, in my time. Okay, yeah. so... This is the cricketers that I've seen in my time. So we're looking at for the age. So you're probably looking at 1985, 86-ish from when you first sort of got in, into your cricket? Yep, from there yep. on. Um, yep. You know, I've been a, a pretty avid sort of uh, cricket follower um, through that time. So, yep. um, and being, as I mentioned before, a left-hand batsman, I take particular delight in left-hand batsmen um, going well. So... Let's kick it off. Uh, number five uh, in my top five favourite left-hand batsmen. Uh, number five is Mark Taylor, Ooh. Tubby Taylor. Yep. Um, 104 tests, 7,500 runs, averaged 43.49, and, and, you know, was obviously a skipper uh, for Australia. 19 centuries. Um, unfashionable in a sense, given that, you know, he, he couldn't really play one-day cricket, Tubby. and no. and. And sold a shitload of Fujitsu uh, air conditioning too. So <laughs> he you know, probably probably stiff not to work his way up that a little bit, given yep. that you know he's the face of Fujitsu. Yep. Um, number four, Adam Gilchrist, Gilly. Oh, this is be a good list. Yeah, ninety-six tests, five and a half thousand test runs. Um, I've got his average is forty-seven point six. I'm not sure of his strike rate. I didn't sort of go into it Would that have been much. Over a hundred. Yeah, and 17, 17th centuries at number seven, like absolutely outstanding. Um, so Gilly's number four. What a what a play to watch. Yeah. Um, number three, Mike Hussey. Yeah. I, I used to love watching Mike Hussey bat. Yeah. Um, you know, his big beady eyes when he be just about the ball was about to be delivered. Yeah. Uh, 79 tests. Started cricket late. Yeah. 
yeah. started his test career late and, and failed early as an opener and then went to, to number five and was unbelievable. 6,200 runs. I think and, his greatest strength from me was the ability that if they were in trouble, he could dig your way out of it. Yeah. And if he had a platform set where he'd come in at three for 200 or three for 250, he could really put the foot on the gas and yep. change the direction of the game. Yeah, average fifty-one batting at number number five, which is yep. unbelievable. Um, and I'll never forget that innings he played uh, in Adelaide when they we beat the Poms in Adelaide. That was unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, number two, Alan Border, what a player AB was. One hundred fifty-six tests, eleven thousand runs, average fifty, um, hard as a cat's head. Geez, yep. he was a good player. AB, I remember. Um, me and my old man went to the MCG. Um, AB had been out of form, yeah. uh, been struggling, and his position was in some sort of doubt. And um, he peeled off the century, and it was just total guts and determination. And I'll never forget it as long as I live. Jeez, it was a good innings. Yeah. Um, so AB's in number two. And, and my favourite left-hand batsman in my time was Matthew Hayden. Yeah, I thought you might have gone there. Yeah, big Haydos is an opener, yeah. 103 tests. Eight and a half thousand runs. Yep. Uh, Thirty centuries. Average fifty opening the batting. Would just treat the bowling with contempt. Yep. Uh, um, and peeled off three hundred and eighty against Zimbabwe. Who, um, you know, I'm not sure. I think they dragged some of the side out of some of the pubs around Perth for that game. But I'll ask you this though, Roscoe. Who else made three eighty against Zimbabwe? Uh, no one that I, that I know of. That's, that's a gut feel again. <laughs> My point being, people go, oh, he's 380. It was only against Zimbabwe. Yeah. Well, I didn't see anyone else making 380 against Zimbabwe. No. You still got to make, he still made 380. Yep. No, it's still got to be made. That's for sure. So I used to love Hados. He was unbelievable, yeah. the big fella. So he's my, he's my top five. He, he is my favourite uh, left-hand batsman of all times in, in, in my time. You've gone with a very... Uh, a marginalised first five. Only twelve percent of people left-handed, Roscoe. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, looking after our minorities out there, it's good to see to start things off. There's some sort of, you know, just an attachment to them, and, and you know, it's a bit of a club, really. And, yeah. and you know, you'll you'll never know about it, mate. So yeah. it's just one of those things. Well, my favourite left-hander of all time, nearly my one of my favourite cricketers was Wazi Macron. Oh yeah, was he? I loved him. Yeah. Yeah. Loved watching him play. I don't know whether he had a long career of dodging up balls and how he, however he did it, it didn't really matter. But yeah, in full flight, he was an awesome and and with bat as well. Sometimes oh, he just ripped it, ripped it to pieces. He he would put the fear of death in you bowling. I reckon. Oh yeah, yeah. No, as, particularly as a left hander, imagine that coming in at the that ball coming in at the nether regions. Oh. I don't, um, uh, Notoriously bad record against left-handers as it was, let alone facing one. <laughs> That's a good first five, though, Roscoe. Yeah, and, no. Uh, um, we we'll, we'll ask other people to contribute if they want to put something forward for your first five. Generally, it's uh, it's one of your segments, but yeah, no, happy to family happy, happy to throw up any, anything they want, and you'll look at it. But uh, you obviously get the final say. Yeah. Now, we did, as I mentioned earlier, uh, through our Facebook page. We received our first question uh, from a from a podcast listener. Oh, did we really? We did. Who went into the draw for the hat and keyring combo pack? Fantastic. Now, uh, Evan Gunnar's surname. It's Terry from Tarawinji. 
Terry from Tarawinji. Terry from Tarawinji. For all those listeners who, who don't know where Tarawinji is, it's it's about 10 minutes out of Wangaratta. Um, it's it's been called over the journey uh, the home of champions. Yep. Uh, it's home to some of uh, some of the finest sportsmen that um, that the area has produced, and um, you know Mick Nolan amongst others. So um, Terry, I don't know specifically which Terry this is, but um, yeah, it's great to hear from him. Yep. Now his question was: if batting and bowling against each other. Who wins? Um, I, I know the answer. You go, mate. Answer. You go. <laughs> you comfortably was going to be my answer. Uh, I wasn't a good enough bowler to, to to get you out, and I wasn't a good enough batsman to uh, to keep you out. Pretty much. Can I can I give some sort of insight as to how I would what my game plan would be against you? Yes, but I would firstly, to know this. Firstly, when I'm bowling to you, okay, I'm. The whole time when I'm running in, I'm thinking, he is premeditating this shot. <laughs> and you'd be correct. Wherever I'm bowling it, <laughs> wherever I'm bowling it, he is premeditating where this is going to go. And it, wherever it goes, if it connects, it's going to go really, really hard. Yep. Um, so it's a case of you miss, I hit type yep. scenario. Yep. Um, when I'm facing you, I'm ready for a, one that's going to be pitched in your half. Yeah. I think that's that's probably the way I'm, I'm sort of approaching it. If, yeah. if, in a sense, I'm I'm probably premeditating. I'm waiting for that one that's just that little bit pitched up to. Yeah, bend it back. Yep. Now, the only the only variation I had on this that I had to sort of dredge up to pump my tyres up. <laughs> we did play an under sixteen semi final. I think it we was did. against we did. each other at Bar we two. Did. We, we did. did. <laughs> and I single-handedly dragged my side of misfits. <laughs> so you got a hundred on the first day. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, so we batted the first day. Yep. 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 And made a heap. I think. I think you yeah. got you, you got definitely got a hundred. I'm yep. positive you yep. got a hundred. Yep. And it was some huge amount of runs we were chasing. And I was liking the cut of my jib overnight. Let's say <laughs> that. Yeah, there would have there was a fair bit of head wobble when you walked off at the end of the day, <laughs> thinking that that will be enough. Oh, and then oh. we come out on the second day and flayed it. Yeah, I did you think not? I, I don't. I didn't get a ton. I, th- I reckon I got a ninety something. Though, oh, stock standard threw it away at the end. I reckon. Are you sure? I'm. I'm pretty sure you might have. I thought you backed it up with a ton, but no, I was notorious for throwing it away in the nineties. I yeah, I threw. I, I threw. I reckon I made. Five or six scores in my career in the nineties. Someone needed to just yell out, "You're ninety-two," <laughs> and that was it. Just occasionally, that's all, all I needed. That's all I needed. Just at least a couple of times. Now I, I, I don't reckon I got a hundred. I reckon I got a, a high ninety. I've got a bit of a feeling. High. I've got a bit of a feeling where this is heading. Now you did play one shot. Um, it was a, it was a sort of an on drive, a lofted on drive, but it was a real swat, and it went. It was possibly the fastest I've ever, <laughs> like ever seen a cricket ball move. Yeah. Um, yes. And I think, um, Paddy Hicks, if you're listening out there, I think you might have been sitting under it yep. uh, until it just flew past your ears. And, and it was no, simply uncatchable. Un- un- bowls club, I think. It went yeah. across the bloody surface. I, I must admit, I, I, my career career was nowhere near as uh, register levels of yours. But my, my go, if hitting sixes... 
was golf. Oh, sorry, hitting sixes at under 16 level was golf. I'd be off scratch, possibly <laughs> off plus one or two. If I used to do that for an absolute... If you could make a living off hitting sixes at under 16 level, yeah. oh, mate, I would have made a fortune. And you, you, you learnt your trade on, on the really small postage stamp. Um, no, you got to... Langer at a high school over. Yeah, you so... you got to get a few... We had a few going to the houses there. And... <laughs> I do remember one day facing uh, Matty Innes. Uh, ah, yes. He yes. wasn't far off playing for Victoria. Yep. And uh, I might as well tell the story now. Well, I'm, it's fresh in the mind. And I always remember whenever we played school cricket, uh, one, of the, one of our listeners and good friends, Mark Goody, he always used to get to bat for whatever reason, whenever lunchtime would come out. Yeah, all right. All the kids would pour out of the high school. Yep. He'd just put on a clinic. Anyway, this day we faced Matty Innes. And, uh, was Spud oh, Bang or? No, nah, he was gone. No, yeah, Ross. Innes destroyed us. We were, I've got a feeling we might have been four for ten. Yep. And potential to go back to school for period five after <laughs> oh, that's, really? where, that's where I stood up to the plate. And I remember going. You just needed there. someone to consolidate just so, uh, look, boys, we, we want to not have to go to class. You know, we want to yeah. stick the day out. If ever there was a day where all the moons aligned, I walked out to bat and I never used to wear a helmet. And I was thinking. Oh, jeez, he was bowling quick. He was bowling smoke. Yep. So I remember walking out as the school bell rang and lunch, all these kids poured out. And then I just remember taking centre uh, from the bowl at the other end. Uh, just got a couple off the middle and away I went and then just waiting for that next over. And anyway, he was rested because in the back in the school days, you only bowled 10 overs. Yeah, and he right. bowled eight straight. Yep. And I think he had, he possibly could have had eight, eight overs, four for... A handful, four for four, maybe, or something. Like, he was bowling too good that we just couldn't get nicks. Unhittable. So then uh, all the school kids have come out, and I just went to town. And I think I remember hitting – I think that was another 90. I think that was through, through that one away. he came come on at the end when we basically – we chased down – it must have been about 260 or so. We chased it down a fair bit. Yeah. And I just remember uh, Mark Valencia was at the other end. And Innes come on, and I just remember, he was a year younger than me. He was in year 11, I was in year 12. And I just remember giving him the speech, you know, sometimes you've got to wear a couple for your school, young fella. And <laughs> would, you, would you yeah. relate it to a story that um, that Don Bradman, uh, someone, I think it was, I might have this wrong, and again, facts aren't our, uh, our high point on this show, but someone called... They were playing at Lords, and they said, "Come out on the balcony because this is of innings you have to watch." Oh, it was similar... Stan McCabe. Yeah, Stan do... McCabe. Yeah, do you think yeah. a lot of the teachers would have said that? I oh, should have you given fifth period off to watch. Get that. out of class now because this is an innings you have to watch. It was a once in a generation type innings. <laughs> anyway, I said to him, uh, "You're going to have to wear a couple." I said, "Look, we only need another thirty odd." I'll stay up here. I could peel that off in a couple of overs. Like, I was seeing him like beach balls. I said, you yep. face Innes, see him off, let me do the damage at the other end. And <laughs> I remember standing at the non-strikers end and uh, watching the ball. Oh, I can't hardly see the ball from the non-strikers end. It whizzed past the, the The bat wasn't even in position. It was that second slip by the time Mark Valencia's looked around. And he's done the old wander down the wicket. And uh, I sort of come down. I was like, oh, jeez, he's bloody... It's a bit slippery than he looks from the sidelines. <laughs> He's like, I oh, dead set could not see that. I oh, dead set could not see it. And uh, yeah, we uh, we had to face him. 
I avoided three or four quick singles from memory, just resting on the edge of the edge of the bat, and there was no way I was taking a quick single. And then, um, yeah, I remember he uh, he was he was sort of abusing me, trying to get me down the other end, and I wasn't overly keen. And uh, yeah, it wasn't a it wasn't. A, eventually, I did have to face him. You did, yeah. For those yeah. for those who don't know, Matty Innes, he was like he he opened the bowling for Victoria for years. Um, I think he went over to WA, but he was a he was a real strongly built, red headed, left arm opening bowler, uh, and he could really put some gas on him. And I actually um, I was playing a game against him. Uh, I'm not sure where it was. Might have been at Yarrawonga actually, and he hit me in the nuts. So um, that was one that I'll never forget. <laughs> I immediately felt sick, as you do. You know, everyone's yeah. laughing and, and um, you know, you, you're wearing your balls with earrings. But um, not one of the, the most enjoyable times on the cricket field, that. And he he bowled some genuine smoke. Yeah, he was scary quick. Yeah, yeah. Fix, um, um, I just want to uh, digress for a minute. We had a, uh, a game of international rules on, uh, on Sunday. Yep. Uh, the Aussies and Ireland. Yeah. Um, and I was went into the game. I, th- I, th- I wasn't even, you know, overly disappointed if I didn't watch it on telly. But I ended up sitting down and, and caught a bit of it early. Yep. Thought, oh, I might keep watching this, and it was thoroughly entertained by it. It was yeah, fantastic. I've, I haven't been a massive fan of it, and the times that I have sat down, you, it does you do get enthralled, even though it's a it's a little bit Mickey Mouse, but you do find yourself. I don't know. It's because it's Australia, or it's because of the footballing side of it, or the it's a sport. But you do find yourself sitting down and watching a bit more than what you thought you would watch. Yeah, I think it's a combination of those things that you said. But um, you know, I, I think probably it's it's fast paced. Um, you know, we haven't had a lot of the footy stuff for a little while. Um, you had buy in from you know Brownlow Medalist, you know Fife, yep. Dangerfield, you know these guys. Um, and, and Fife, incidentally, he was he was unbelievable. Like he yeah. was absolutely outstanding. The game obviously suits him, um, you know. But to, as I mentioned, to have Fife, Dangerfield, Selwood, Sloan, Pendlebury, uh, Selwood obviously didn't play, but you know Eddie Betts, you know there were some real stars playing, and it was just a really entertaining game. Um, it'll, it'll get you for game two. It'll, I'll be I'll be tuning in for game two. Yeah, if there was a low point about it. Um, it was when I first flicked on the television and Basil Zemplis appeared on the screen. And, oh, uh, yeah, Basil. Yeah, well, you get your, your big names at this time of year, probably go for a holiday. Well, well they're I all yeah, yeah, they're in Bali, um, yeah. you know, just sunning it up. And and they think, uh, gee, we've got, we got that bloody international rules on this wing. Well, Bruce has got the bloody horses. He can't do yeah. it. Give uh, Basil who, a ring. Who we got? What about... What about Hamish? No, no, no. Hamish is on holiday. Ah, oh, shit. It's going to have to be Basil. And yeah. my, like, you know, Basil's just, he's a stain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he wrecks a good game of footy. But, you know, apart from that, thoroughly enjoyed it. And, you know, I will be, I will be tuning into game two. It was really good fun. Yeah, right. Yeah. I might, uh, I did, I did catch bits and pieces of it, but I, had, I was a little bit busy on Sunday. What did you have on Sunday, mate? I had the niece and nephews. We got twin niece and nephew had their birthday party. Ah, very good, very good. Yeah. Pretty active sort of day, so it wasn't uh, fully focused as I should have been. I had a little bit going on. Yep, yep. 
Uh, well, that's you, you. You do have commitments, mate. So you, you know, stick with them. Stick I was just going to let you ramble about it, and I was just going to pretend that I uh, <laughs> you, sort of you caught a bit of it. I sort of swung around. Not the yeah, way no, I was, I was at a party and it was on in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes we want us to cover games like that, Ross. We will cover them. <laughs> I don't think I had anything else that uh, I've, I've got really one. I've got one thing that I want to mention. Uh, yep. It is cricket related, and I'm not sure whether you caught this in Sunday's paper or not. But Ian Chapel gave oh, his yes. top 25 Ashes players, and, and I just mentioned before that I do like a list. Now, let's just get a bit of an insight, and this is Chapelli, um, you know, being just a real bloody old school uh, annoying prick. He's turning into a Neil Harvey. <laughs> Neil Harvey's a pest. He has a lot quote. of fun. Yeah. He's, he's just annoying. And he's like, Chappelle's like, shit, there might be a role yeah. where I can just become a, a oh. dirty old flog that everyone everyone doesn't want to listen to, but I'll still keep putting my opinions out there because yeah. I have a forum. Yeah, and, and if that's what he's trying to do, then he's doing a bloody good job of it. Yeah. So I can just run you through. So the top three, you know, no worries. Dennis Lilly, you know, record speaks for itself. Shane Warne. Wild he he does love getting Dennis into any... Yep. Commentary slash sportsman's night slash article slash radio interview yep. that he can though. Yeah. If yeah. you ever hear Chappelle speak, it's almost like a drinking bingo game where just <laughs> wait till he mentions uh wait till he mentions Lily or Bacchus. Yeah. And yeah. you won't be dry for too long. Nah, nah. He, he he does drop quite a few of those old school names. Um so he's Ian's brother Greg was at uh, number three, yep. uh, Ponning four, um, and McGrath five. So yep. the, the top five essentially picks itself. Pretty solid. Yep. Um, Doug Walters at eight, which I'm fine with that. Uh, yep. he, had a pretty, he had a pretty good record, Dougie, in Ashes Test. So that's fine. And, and yep. you'd pick him on his drinking ability alone. Yep, and he's fine. Now, I just want to outline a couple here. Uh, Ben Stokes at 15. Yeah, right. Um, I don't know why, but, yeah, that's just, yeah. I'm, I'm not he's too sure. He's played a couple of Ashes series, has he? Well, he's played nine tests, nine Ashes. In Ashes, yeah, right. So I don't know whether Chappelle sees something there, but that, that was one that stood out to me. Yeah. The, the big one, uh, now, this could be uh, a bit of a topic for for the top five uh, as we as we move ahead um, in terms of um, bad relationships in sport. But Ian, yeah. Botham, Ian Botham was at 14. Now, if ever there's one that you thought wouldn't have got a, got a gig in there due to they, them hating each other, yeah, uh, it's, it's beefy. Yeah, because so they, they've one. got a lot of bad blood, haven't they? Yeah, they've, they've come to blows regularly. Now, Chapelli says that, Botham's a liar. Botham says that Chapelli's full of shit. Um, I think it's, there's been a fair bit of toing throwing. You'd love to know the truth. Yeah. But um, it's an interesting one, that one. And another, obviously, the, the big one is um, there was no Steve War. Didn't yep. make it. Yeah, he couldn't sneak in there. Couldn't, couldn't sneak him in there um, yep. because he, and I quote, said he didn't want selfish players in his team. Yep. So... Um, yeah, that was that was an interesting one. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I'll, it wouldn't worry me in our next, you know, we're probably good for 500, 600 shows. 
it wouldn't worry me if we didn't have Chapelli mentioned on the next 480 of them, possibly. Right. Right. Well, that's done. That's the right. last one. Last time uh, we ever spoke to Oh, I just, uh, I just don't like people that think they're irrelevant and make comments for controversy and yeah. are constantly big note in their era. And I, yeah. I just have never warmed to him at all. Yeah. Nah, he's, he's a. I would have Trevor before him. <laughs> uh, I remember watching Trevor on that uh, that Commonwealth Bank cricket coaching video. Uh, that you, I know you had. As he stumbled he was, over his words. <laughs> he stumbled over his words. He was in a pair of light blue silkies. Uh, I'd still rather speak to Trevor Trevor Chapel than huh? Ian Chapel if given the uh, opportunity. Any day That's where work. I sort of rate him. Yep. No, I'm not a massive Chapelli fan. And he's he's going to proceed to bore the shit out of us all summer too on the cricket. So it's best we just put him in the um, control the controllables basket. Yeah, yeah, and we can control that. We won't speak about <laughs> him again. Um, to all our listeners, uh, I know that there was a few people that rated us during the week. He obviously took that on trust after our first show. <laughs> we hope we haven't let that down too much. <laughs> We're prepared to still go on trust if you want to give us another show, but um, if you get the opportunity to, to put a rating up there, it'll do both Roscoe and my ego the world of good. And that's what um, we're here for, after all. Yeah, subscribe, yeah. download, be a part of the family. We'll yeah. uh, we'll endeavour to improve our shows each week. Yeah. We're just basically out there to have a bit of fun and, uh, and we hope that you enjoyed it. And we do. We're having a lot of fun doing it. Um, but uh, we're here for the people fix. I know it sounds... Um, we like the cut of everyone's jib out there. So um, get on yeah. board and uh, let's have some fun. We'll be back next week. New segments, uh, lots of laughs, and uh, hopefully everyone can join in. Until then. All right. Cheers, Roscoe. We, 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 we'll we'll work, I will work on a, a end of show music. I just, I just oh, don't know exactly how to do it. I wasn't too... I wasn't, I was pretty impressed with the Taubman's uh, paint, Tim, mate. You want to <laughs> send us out with it. a bit of that? All right. That's how we're going to finish the show. Here we go. See you all next week. See you, guys.